Welcome to Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it the second chance might just change your mind. Here, we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this time will be One Piece. I prefer to think of us as co-captains, you know, selling the ship together. No, no, no. See, if anyone's the captain here, it's me. You might maybe be quartermaster. Thank you. Bosun. Ouch. No, Bosun's an elected position. People have to care enough and think you'll represent our ideas. I think Wait, quartermaster's master- also an elected position. P- pirates were pretty much known for democracy. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of um, pirates, hmm. One Piece is an original Netflix live-action television show. Yeah, something needed to fill the void left by Black Sails and Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's definitely not based off of any previous works ever, not an established title or anything. No, who else would come up with this? Like, this has the feeling of Netflix Iceman concepts. Let's throw them all in this show and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It definitely doesn't have any type of anime vibe to it. Well, no, it's live action. And if there's one thing I know, it's that anime and live action do not go together. It is very rarely we see a live action adaptation of an anime that is worth talking about in the slightest. Yeah, so definitely couldn't be that. Definitely couldn't be. A thing based off of like a 26-year-old manga that then got an anime. That'd be weird. It'd be, it'd be wild to try to start a live action show that you couldn't finish before your actors died. Yeah, you know what else would be wild? Doing a live action of another popular anime series when you just did one a bit ago that you fucking bombed. Yeah, it would be a bad decision to make if, like, the last anime you try to adapt into live action bombed, and the one before that you try to adapt into live action bombed, and the one you tried before that was a laughing stock, and yeah. it was just good for memes. And, I mean, that's not even a kind that's generally not a good idea in general, because more than that, people don't respond to them very well. Yeah, it's also, like, a really niche fan base you're going after, because... Typically, you're not going to get new viewers in. Yeah, you're going to get the diehards who are already in, and then you're going to try to tell them that they'll like this one as much, if not more than the original one. That said, we should cut the farce. One Piece is obviously based off the works by Oda. Mm-hmm. Ichiro Oda, yeah. Um, like you said, 26 years worth of manga at this point. Yep, 97, I think, is when it first came out. Yep, I think so. Almost as old as the podcast hosts, one of them. I mean, it's like literally my age. Older than one of our best friends. Yep. But One Piece is the long. It's probably one of the longest still running mangas, yeah. if not the longest still running manga. Mm-hmm. And it shows no sign of wrapping up. And that's why it's wild that Netflix is adapting into a live action show. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty weird. But I mean, especially coming off the hills of Cowboy Bebop, uh, I kind of like beat at it. Like, but Cowboy Bebop, Full Metal Alchemist, 
Death Note, like all of these live action undertakings Netflix has done. Let's be clear. Netflix has not done what I would call a good live action adaptation that I'm aware of at least. The Full Metal Alchemist is the best one there is. Well, I mean like, I'm not sure about their catalog in like Japan. They might have like some J-dramas that I guess that are adapted because like, I'm not sure. Maybe Netflix has like access to the live action version of Great Teacher Onizuka, but they didn't make that. By the way, that's a good live action adaptation. Full Metal Alchemist and Bleach. I didn't mention Bleach in here (laughs) because both those live actions are act- or Japanese productions under the Netflix umbrella. Yeah. There is no English language mm-hmm. version of those except for like a, a sub. A pretty poor dub. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cowboy Bebop and Death Note were both massive English undertakings of Japanese IP. Exactly. And so is One Piece. Mm-hmm. And One Piece opens as One Piece does with the execution of Goldie Rogers. I'm sorry. I have to stop you. Let's talk about episode one, Romance Dawn. I am so embarrassed and upset. (laughs) But One Piece opens as it does with the execution of Gold Roger. Yep. You'll notice I said that name two different ways because his name is said two different ways. Yeah. I think like early on in the manga and the anime, it was Gold Roger is how people would normally say it or how we would see it. Maybe. I don't even remember. It's It's been been a while. It's been a while, I say, having restarted the manga slash anime this year. I did not. But so we get Gold Roger. He is a pirate who is being moved up a giant elevator stand so people can witness his execution. And this episode starts with 22 years ago in Logetown, which is where his execution is happening. Yeah. Very important that we that he gets his final words to the public. Mm-hmm. He's his final words sets off a new age of pirates. Yes. And that's because his final words promise that whoever finds his his treasure, the treasure he left in one piece... Hence the title of the show. Mm-hmm. Will be king of the pirates. Yes, they're going to be king. Yeah, Josh is saying this all in the manner he is because we do not get the "I left everything I own in one piece" line, which greatly upset him. <laughs> understandably, I wouldn't even be upset if One Piece wasn't a diegetic name within the series. Like, yeah, the only reason why it's called One Piece is because that's what Gold Roger referred to his treasure as. But even in this live action, they call his treasure the One Piece. Mm-hmm. But he never said those words. There's no reason why anybody's calling it the One Piece. No, I agree. Also, we didn't even talk about who was executing him or why or what, because you just kept trying to go into his dialogue. Fair enough. Sorry. So Gold Rogers, the so-called King of Pirates, is being executed by the Marines of the world government. We learn that it is a world government, which is, I would assume, vaguely important. Yeah. It establishes some setting and things. Yeah. And we see some people in the crowd. We don't know who they are yet. From my Unless understanding you've read of the- or watched uh, you know, One Piece before. From my understanding of the One Piece world, the world government's kind of like the UN, mm-hmm. and like they're technically in charge, but like individual kingdoms and countries can kind of do their own thing. Yeah. But that's my outside understanding. Yeah. But then Vice Admiral Garp, who we do get his name, mm-hmm. Gold Roger says it, proceeds to deliver, well, call for Gold Roger's execution to nameless chaps behind him kill him. And that's kind of it. It sets off a boom for piracy. People want the treasure. People like start sprinting out of this courtyard to, like, yeah. to go find the treasure. They're like, man, if I'm three steps faster than this person, I might be the first one to the treasure. Mm-hmm. 22 years later, nobody's found the treasure. Yep. We fast forward and we are introduced to Monkey D. Luffy. And he is giving a monologue about how he is going to be king of the pirates. Yep. He's going to be king. He's always wanted to be a pirate. Pirates are the greatest thing there could ever be. What else could you want? He's like, I'll need like nine to ten men. Yeah. And the entire time he's having this speech, he is hastily, well, not really hastily, he is slowly bailing out this very tiny boat with a single bucket while talking to someone, apparently. Talking to camera. Yeah. We then learn he's talking to a mail-carrying bird. Yep. With a little hat and satchel and goggles. I love the mail birds. Yeah, the mail birds are dope. One Piece, the best thing One Piece has 
in my opinion, and I'm roughly 20% of the way through the manga, yep. the best thing One Piece has going for it is it is continuously and incredibly, like, the world building is fun. All the tiny little things. Yeah. The, like, snail phones, which we'll get into. <laughs> the melbirds that, like, frequent from pirate ship to pirate ship. I'm sorry. You glossed over it. Get it? Snail phones. I don't get it. Do you, do you really not get it? Is it supposed to be like snail mail? The snail phones correspond calls across long distances like cell phones. Oh. 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 Now that you mention it. Yeah, I we get it. We even get tiny snail phones. So Luffy's like talking to this bird. Is like the bird's gonna be part of his crew. And the bird flies away as his boat's sinking. Yep. And as the bird takes off, his boat starts to sink even faster. He does mention this is his first day as a pirate. Yes. Yes, he does. And he, so he climbs into a barrel mm-hmm. and seals it shut so that he can float away because his ship is sinking. Yep. And then his barrel gets picked up. Yes. A, ca- a pirate captain named Alvida is attacking another ship. And this this scene looks so good. Like, here's the thing. This is my overarching take on, on this One Piece live action show. Yeah. It's good. It's actually good. For an anime yeah, live adaptation, it's, not bad. it's good. But... It tries to do too much actual pirate stuff? It's too realistic. It's too piratey. It's, yeah, it, it's too Black Sails, not enough... Um, I honestly can't recall a time watching or reading One Piece when I saw a boarding party done the way that they introduced Alvita attacking another ship. Yeah, it's too, like, it's too Black Sails, not enough mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. See, my biggest complaint is in there but it's a niche part of your complaint (laughs) oh yeah yeah i'll get to it at the end of this episode but so this pirate crew is taking a ship as they do they start we see basically we skip time and they're just pulling their haul in and we see the barrel with luffy being taken downstairs yeah and put in storage pick his barrel up out of the water thinking it's loot that got knocked over i mean it's floating it's heavy why not and then that night, down in the storage area of the ship, I forget his name, forget his name. Kobe. Kobe, yeah. One of our main characters for the fir- these first two episodes is prepping something for Alvita, he, cleaning. Yeah, he's kind of just doing whatever. He is a ship boy. He is a cabin boy. Yeah, he's a cabin boy. And Luffy wakes up and busts out of his barrel. And terrifies Kobe because Kobe is very easily scared. And this is the first moment where Luffy didn't feel like Luffy to me because he immediately like goes to make sure Kobe's quiet. Yeah. Which is not like, it doesn't make sense. Luffy like wouldn't, Luffy from the manga anime is not like critically minded enough. I mean, he is at points, but not most of the time. Yeah, like. I get you though. He talks to Kobe, tries to get food from Colby. Colby's like, if you're going to escape, you need to do it now because Alvita, like, we can hear Alvita snoring. Mm-hmm. Well, we hear Alvita snoring and Luffy's like, is that a sea monster? Because earlier Co- Colby had mentioned sea monsters. Kobe, Noel, Kobe. Kobe, Kobe Beef, Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant, Kobe Cabin Boy. I'm sorry, uh, they all just started to drive me crazy. I'm sorry. Kobe had earlier mentioned about sea monsters and how nobody comes back from the Grand Line because Luffy was like, I'll be king of the pirates. I'm going to be king. I oh, I oh. And they start singing the entire pirate rap diegetically in the show. Best thing ever I happened. I wonder how many times I could get away with repeating the I'm going to be king before you like called me out on it. Oh, I wanted to from the get go, but I was like, there's no need. And then you just kept doing it. So I had to. I was going to keep doing it forever because mm. pirate rap is the single best thing about One Piece. I know I, earlier I said it was the tiny world details, but honestly, it's, it's the, the pirate, pirate rap. rap. I'm sorry. Four Kids is known for doing atrocious doves, but you know what they did do great? The pirate rap. The opening theme Yeah, songs. they did opening themes pretty well, actually. But yeah, so Kobe... And Luffy sneak their way up to the top deck. And they're looking to get a lifeboat, and Luffy has picked up an orb. He's like, we're going to need this. Yeah. And well, he- actually, Kobe's handed it to him mm-hmm. as they're having a conversation. 
Because the, Luffy's wanting Kobe to come with him to leave. Yeah, because Kobe's mentioned that Elvita won't let anybody leave and he doesn't really want to be a pirate. Like he wants to be a Marine. Well, he hasn't mentioned the Marine part I yet. I think he does because he mentions it when he's talking about how pirates are scum, which they have that conversation down he in the He does hole. pirates are scum thing downstairs. Down yeah. I could have just wanted he mentioned the mine thing. But the, the, the Marine thing happens later. On the boat when they're leaving. You're mm-hmm. right. Never mind. So Luffy goes to turn and smacks a bell and it rings the bell and suddenly the deck is filled with pirates. Elvita and her entire crew is there. And Elvita notices that Kobe has betrayed her. Yeah. But this is the second name drop we get of Roronoro Zoro. Because mm-hmm. er, when she, they first take the ship, she's asking if there's Roronoro Zoro aboard. Yeah. And it's not even the likes of a bounty hunter like Roronoro Zoro. True. We forgot something. Yeah, because if this was a show any lesser, I would be annoyed by this. Yeah. So immediately after Kobe and Luffy have their conversation in the hold mm-hmm. when they're talking about basically being wanting to do what they want and why luffy likes pirates yeah because we get a flashback kobe is very adamant that all pirates are scum there is yes. no such thing as a good pirate and luffy's like well i disagree you haven't met the pirates i have yeah i'm a good pirate there are good pirates basically is what he's getting at yeah and we cut back to windmill village 10 years ago and it's luffy growing up i'm glad you got these names and dates because i do not mm-hmm. and we kind of just see luffy as an orphan, hanging around, waiting for Shanks and Shanks' crew. Yeah, the pirate ship comes back, mm-hmm. and it's the red-haired pirate captain Shanks. Yep. Who we did see at Gold Roger's execution. Yeah, he's wearing this weird straw hat with a red band around the middle. That, for some reason, Luffy has in the future. I have no idea why they both have the same hat. It's almost like there's some type of connection there. Nah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but like this flashback doesn't have a lot to it. It's kind of just establishing that luffy was friends with this pirate crew who were like and that luffy wants to be a, has wanted to be a pirate since he was a kid mm-hmm. and we see him get his scar because he's it, trying to join with shank's crew oh, is that this flashback yeah okay and shanks is just like no you're not ready it's pretty dangerous out there so luffy tries to stab his eye apparently says he missed but he cuts his cheek and we get his iconic crescent moon scar underneath his left eye because shanks is like it's dangerous and luffy's like i'm not scared of danger i'll prove it and like that's not danger luffy that's pain there's a difference like yeah self-inflicted pain isn't danger because you know what's happening danger like requires a sense of Mm -hmm. unknown but anyways then we come back to the future or present yeah i don't think they go back to the bar yet yeah we also sometime in between here get other cutbacks like not, not flashbacks. We, we cut to other characters. We get a cut to a character who is on a lifeboat and she's got... Is that during this time period? Yeah. Like, okay. These, yeah. We, we get like the origins of all these characters. Well, not the origins. Like the, the starting point mm-hmm. for all these characters when this is episode. Uh, flashing back in between and out. And like if this was a lesser show, if this show was done worse, it would annoy me. Yeah, understandable. But each of the characters, Luffy, Nami, and Zoro, offer a unique, a unique enough like difference be, like in their storytelling and additionally aren't reiterating the same information as far as we know these are three separate stories that have no overlap yeah no they are completely different so i don't remember when we get all these so we get nami's mm-hmm. and we, she, she's like desperate for water laying on this boat as it approaches another boat calling for help claiming that she was attacked by pirates and these two pirates who are in this little boat yep like oh well glad we found you and they go to help her when they notice that she has a treasure chest well she has something covered with a giant tarp and they're like oh what's that she's like no 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 please don't it's the only thing i have left it's the only thing i have and they go and they rip the tarp off and they, they see a treasure the chest off. and there's a lock that they're having a problem with they eventually knock the lock off pop it open and it's completely empty so they turn around to yell at her and they, they look around because she's not there anymore and neither is their boat and it is then selling off. she's stepping off from the side, leaning over to them and yelling, thanks. 
And then we have Zoro's first scene, which he's sitting in a circle of candles meditating. Well, we also see that she pulls out a fucks on the maps, which... Oh, yeah. Not super important, but technically is very important to her character. Mm-hmm. Then we have Zoro's scene, which is him sitting in a circle of candles. Yep. And a man approaches him from behind, and he's like, I'm with Baroque Works, and we're looking to hire you. I am nine uh, with Mr. Seven. Works. Mr. Seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Zoro has some really fun lines where he's like, oh, if I if I sign up, does it come with a free face tattoo? Because my favorite's number one and then holds up a middle finger at the guy. Because Mr. Seven has a number seven tattooed mm-hmm. on his face. To which Seven replies, basically like, hey, to refuse us is to die. So then he goes to kill him and Zoro just cuts him in half. Yeah, Zoro does Zoro which stuff. Which I don't believe anything from Baroque Works gets like intro until like after Barate in the manga yes yeah, I, I think he just kills someone else when we first see no, him and uh, this scene is exactly out of the manga yeah but i think it's from a later point yeah it? but we don't get this scene until yeah baroque works because like we don't get this scene until they start talking about how they were trying to recruit Zorro. yeah i didn't think we got anything until like after barate with mm-hmm. baroque works baroque works doesn't even like like i think we see baroque works agents on the barate mm-hmm. but like they're not mentioned they're not called out we they just use the same ca- Oda uses the same yeah. character asset later as the Baroque work agent, which makes sense because the, the idea is the Baroque works of it like... Anyways, yeah, in the manga and anime, Baroque mm. works gets zero mention until later yeah. on. There's a few minor changes in these first two episodes that do occur differently from the manga and the anime, but they're not bad changes. No, and I want to get into some of the stuff that is like almost panel for panel recreations mm. because it's done really well, but we'll have to get there for that. Yeah. So back with Luffy. Alvida has shown up and she is upset that she believes Kobe has sold her out to a bounty hunter, not even one she's aware of, really. Mm-hmm. So she goes to attack Luffy and oh, Kobe. Luffy, go, Luffy, as he as he will do, goes, I'm not a bounty hunter. I'm, I'm be, a pirate. I'm going to be king of the pirates. Yeah. And she's like the only person. The, the, the best part out here is who? And then because her pirate crew worships her slash fears her enough to chant, says Alvida is the greatest. Mm-hmm. multiple times but kobe doesn't yeah which angles alvita so she takes her giant spiked club and proceeds to try to crush luffy's skull and it just bounces off his head he's made of rubber how did that happen yo ho ho he took a bite of gum gum ah god you're welcome i knew you wanted that setup i could feel it in your soul and then one of alvita's goons pulls a gun and goes to immediately shoot luffy it enters his skin, deforms, and then slingshots back into the guy. Yeah, and he's just dead, blatantly dead. Blatantly dead. Which is a thing that the show has going, like, not for it or against it, just going. Mm-hmm. The show is much more violent than early One Piece is in a much more overt manner. Yeah, because early One Piece gets by on the fact that it takes a more cartoony aspect with Luffy. Because its primary and, character is made of rubber. Yeah, and the other characters are just weird. Like, Alvita's design in the manga is not a normal no, she's like, supposed to be like body this, shape. She's supposed to be like this thick ugly mm-hmm. hag of a woman yeah and the joke is that she thinks she's beautiful it's not a great joke but the joke is not in this show at all no like, not really it's good. like she's a tyrant and she's cruel in the show mm-hmm. but she's not like who's the most beautiful and in addition to being a tyrant yeah because mm-hmm. in the manga and the anime early on she's only ever really a tyrant when you contradict her mm-hmm. on that but mm-hmm. and the, the, like even ref- even going back when we see her take the ship originally yeah she just crushes i assume the captain's skull because she's asking about ronor Zoro. and the guy answers and responds information is like he's not on the ship anymore we dropped him off at sixes island we don't know where he went after sixes mm-hmm. and then she just crushes his skull yep so then a full fight breaks out between mm-hmm. luffy and alvita's crew and it is their first this is them just playing hey look 
the main guy's made of rubber. Watch us do all these CGI effects with him. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. It's a fairly good fight. And it ends with Luffy knocking Alvita off her boat with a gum gum pistol. Mm-hmm. Which is a basically a slingshot punch. Yep. And then he takes that he steals a boat. Well, he doesn't steal a boat. He asks if anybody else has any problems with Kobe or Kobe leaving. Yep. And then him and Kobe leave. And he, he has to convince Kobe to leave again. He's going to be like, look, you don't want to be a pirate. You don't want to be here. Come on. Come with me. Yeah. And so they do. And they're on a boat. And then this is actually where we get the flashbacks to both Zoro and Nami, I believe. Yeah. But. Eh. But. We also on the boat, Luffy's like, off to the Grand Line. And Kobe's like, which way is that? And Luffy goes, oh, I don't know. And Kobe's like, you don't even have a map? Yeah, and Luffy's like, no. So they decide to head to the nearest marine place. They decide to head to the nearest island to, f- to see if they can find a map of the Grand Line. Yep. But also, Kobe still isn't sold on the whole pirate thing. And Luffy's yeah. like, look... Is there anything that you wanted to always do or that you want? Because that's what being a pirate is for me. It's the thing I want most. Yeah. And, and Kobe's like, oh, it's uh, stupid. But Luffy's like, Luffy stands up, slaps him, and, and then immediately sits back down and smiles. And he's like, it's this, not stupid. This scene is the scene where I realized my biggest issue with Luffy as a character in this. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the energy or the dynamicism of either the manga or the anime. Yeah. Because this because this slap in the live action feels too much like I am soap opera slap. But like the soap, in the sorry, the slap in the anime and the slap in the manga feels so like quick and violent mm-hmm. and pivotal. And it's not like a, a cruel violence. It's a sudden sharp violence. That's like just a snap. Yeah. And it's because Luffy's like, hey, don't ever talk b- bad about your dreams or you like you have to be the person that supports your dreams and supports you. Yeah. And Kobe goes, I always wanted to be a Marine, but I told you it was stupid. And Luffy's like, nah, dude. That sounds cool. That, that That's cool. You got to do that. Let's find the nearest Marine base. And, and we you- can drop you off and I'll get a crew. And I'll get a map. Yeah. So they head to Shell Island. And there's another Luffy flashback somewhere around here. Yeah, it's the one where he eats the gum gum. Yeah, he we see him at a bar yeah. with people, which I think means we actually saw the bar thing last time. Yeah. Uh... Because Shanks gets accosted by another pirate. Luffy gets upset and we see him eat the gum gum in his next flashback. Yeah, so Shanks and his crew are all celebrating a successful pirate thing and another pirate crew comes in ordering whiskey and there is none because yeah. shanks and his crew will drink it so shanks takes the half bottle of whiskey he has left and like offers like, it to the other guy he's like hey look don't even have to pay for it i guys like what am i supposed to do with half a bottle of whiskey and shanks goes well you drink it so good his his line delivery is excellent luffy's line delivery yeah subpar Shanks Luffy's line delivery gets better by the end of episode two, in my opinion. Shanks' line delivery, amazing. So the guy just shatters the bottle on the counter and gets whiskey all over Shanks. Yeah, and Shanks just cleans it up. Shanks, like, asks, uh, you know her name. Makino. I, I remembered her name randomly for no fucking reason. Asks Makino, the, the, like, proprietor of the bar for a broom and starts cleaning up the glass. Mm-hmm. And the other crew just to make fun of him. Knock more shit on the ground, laugh and leave. And then Luffy charges in to yell at Shanks for not being a manly guy, not, not being not, a good pirate. Not and being not man standing. enough, yeah, like, yeah. And Shanks is just like, not everything can be solved with violence. I think... I think Shanks teaches, like, not just Luffy, but, like, Shanks' character in, in this first opening bit, both in the manga, anime, and the live action, yeah. teaches a very valuable lesson. He's like, it's not about the, re- the disrespect he shows to Shanks. And, like, we learn later, like, that's not what Shanks cares about. Like, yeah. it, it, so what? He spilled some whiskey that I... He, he, he spilled some whiskey on my shirt. That's fine. He spilled whiskey that I already was willing to give away like i don't care that he wasted it and it wasn't a big enough issue to actually like get into anything for so i cleaned it up let's move on with our lives yep but luffy's like you don't have enough respect for yourself to stand up for yourself 
which is also a very valid stance. It's kind of the stance he's giving to Mm -hmm. Kobe here. But in like a fit of childish anger or whatever, he goes into Shanks's treasures, wares, whatever. Yeah. And finds a fancy box, opens it. A fancy box that Yasop dropped on the boat yeah and when he dropped it shanks was like hey be careful with that it's worth more than your life ha 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 yeah he opens the fancy box and inside it's a, a weird looking purple fruit yeah it looks all like purpley clouds and has a weird t-shape on top and then he consumes it every last bit of it which answers my question that i've always kind of wondered how much devil fruit do you have to eat to get- yo ho ho he took a bite of gum gum <laughs> that's what the theme song says that's what the theme song says also i'm pretty sure when we saw chopper's backstory chopper didn't eat the entire fruit so i wonder if with devil fruit if i take a bite of it and i hand it to you can you also take a bite of it and get the power see i'm also curious about that because each fruit is unique yeah like there's one of each fruit but if i could just and how much of it does it take to activate like could i just like puree it and put it in my pirate crew's like stew and just give my entire pirate crew like the smoke smoke fruit or fucking the chop chop fruit whatever importantly here when you eat a devil fruit though mother sea curses you which if you get submerged in salt water you sink you lose your powers not only do you lose your powers it's essentially kryptonite yeah yeah, yeah. like you become weak your, your powers are look i already have that problem with the ocean so it's fine <laughs> just because you have a fear of large bodies of water i don't have a fear of large bodies of water anymore i just can't fucking swim is what i was getting at Fair enough. I still die in them. Give me superpowers. Fair trade, fair trade. So Luffy and Kobe get to... Shell Island. And they go to a bar there. Yeah, they plan on going in to the Marine headquarters, but Luffy's like, I don't think we're going to get in there very easily. I don't know how we're going to do it. We have to figure a way in. We we need to figure out how to get in. And to do that, first we need to find some food. So they go to a bar to get some food. And in the bar, this is where all three characters' stories converge. Because Nami's in the bar. Zoro's in the bar. The thing that I would say is probably the biggest change in from manga slash anime to this first episode is the fact that they're all in this bar together. I think they're all in the bar together. No, because when he gets to Shell Island, Zoro's already like tied up. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And Nami, we see her in the Marine headquarters, but she's not in the bar either. Oh, I, I, I still think I think it's very good storytelling. You know, this is also this is classic television, especially when you're adapting from something. How do we get our main components together as quickly as possible? We need them all on screen with each other as soon as possible. Cowboy Bebop tried to do that, and it did it fucking poorly. It's this the entire fail arc. Yeah, this did it fine. This was fine. But yeah, all, there's also other issues with Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let's make one of the main characters black, and then also make him a deadbeat for our father. That's not racist. Yeah. Uh, pisses me off so much yep either of those changes alone are fine making them both together they're really not because jet as a character like bashes one of his friends multiple occasions for not spending enough time with his daughter like so in isolation either of those changes could be fine together they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they are i'm not a fan of the deadbeat father yeah adapt it for jet in general just because it kind of goes against his character together they are actively bad yeah but actually getting back on topic. Yeah. The One Piece changes aren't detrimental so far, unlike the ones in Cowboy Bebo. Yeah. But Kobe and Luffy show up to the bar. And like like we said, Zoro and Nami are already there. Well, Zoro's not already there. Zoro walks in. Yeah, okay. Nami's already there. Zoro walks in carrying half of Mr. Seven's body. Yes. In a burlap sack. And we kind of change main character perspectives from Luffy and Kobe over to Zoro. Yeah. Zoro sets Mr. Seven's half-cut body. In the sack, you know, yeah. to keep it nice and neat, on a bar store next to him as he stands at the bar. And then orders a whiskey for himself. And, and one for his friend who's had a very rough day. 
And then the daughter of like the barkeep comes up and she's like, hey, look, I made these rice balls for you because apparently she knows Zoro. Like it's ugly. It, it, the the implication, like it feels like they know each other or like he knows. Nah, Zoro's just a pretty guy. Uh, that's fair. Zoro is a pretty Give him free onigiri made with chocolate. The live action Zoro is prettier than the anime Zoro by a high margin and it's wild. I agree. However... Live actions are gives me a much less himbo vibe. Which oh, yeah. is sad. He doesn't have the himbo energy, but he does mm-hmm. have insane like. But anyways, she offers him these rice balls that have like chocolate on them because chocolate makes everything taste better. Yep. And then this pompous douchebag in like a gaudy ass suit comes in. It's Helmeppo. Um, we just never get his name in this. Oh, he has a name. Yeah, he ends up going with Kobe throughout the series and stuff. Uh, yeah, that is right. I his name's Helmeppo or some shit like that. Yeah, you just don't recognize him because when you see him in the manga, he has the fucking bob cut because of what happens here. Yeah, and he bumps into the girl as she's giving Zoro these rice balls, mm-hmm. these these jelly donuts, as the cultured among us will yep. understand. And uh-huh. she bumps into the guy, they fall, and he then starts yelling at the little girl. And Zoro interrupts him, like, and he interrupts him to like eat one of these rice balls off the ground. The guy's actively stepped on. And then he picks up the other one and is like, hey, you knocked my food down. These well, are good. Why don't you try one? Yeah. Uh, and the guy like is, uh, he's astounded that Zoro would like try to make, like this, that this random guy, the bounty hunter, mm-hmm. would try to make him in all his glory eat this shitty food off the floor. Yep. And Zoro's like, look, you could eat it. Or I could put you in the hospital. Yeah, and he's like, are you threatening me? Do you know who I am? I, I'm a marine officer, and he draws a sword at Zoro, and he's, so he just gets his ass kicked. Yeah, the guy's like, I only need one sword, because Zoro has three swords. Mm-hmm. That's one of the key, we haven't mentioned that, but like, it's one of the key character designs of Zoro. He has three swords. But Zoro doesn't even use a sword here. He just martial arts his way. Yeah, and then a bunch of other marines who are hanging out in the bar start attacking. And this is, this is such a panel-for-panel panel recreation of the manga. It's so good. This fight scene is so faithful. It's ridiculous. It's... Yeah. We we see shots of Kobe and Luffy watching. We also get a tiny bit where we see, before everything kicks off, Nami is hanging around and getting a drink. Yeah, one of the marine officers or marines in the bar offers to buy her a drink. She's like, no, thank you. And then she sees an older marine guy. She says, no, too tall. Yeah. And then an older guy who is shorter with a balding head, just hair on the sides, walks past holding a drink and she's like hmm and follows yeah and then during all this confusion she knocks him out and drags his body away and steals his clothes mm-hmm. but like the whole time this fight is going on luffy's like that guy he's like we he's can't... a really cool fighter not only that but like luffy's like respect respecting mm-hmm. like tell tells kobe like hey, like hey that guy he's a good dude did you just see what he did like yeah not only did he stand up for that little girl protect her but like he also made her feel good about her food yeah. and like he's just and at luffy's the same good. time kobe's like I can't believe that bounty hunter. Yeah, Luffy's going off on this whole thing about how this bounty hunter, this guy is a good guy. Because Kobe at first starts mentioning, like, why is that Marine being like that? He's Mm -hmm. supposed to help those who can't help themselves. He's supposed to protect that little girl. And then Luffy's like, yeah, but that guy, that bounty hunter, he's a good guy. And like Luffy also, Luffy also has this pretty opponent line here where he's like, well, if there are bad pirates and good pirates, then there are also good Marines and bad Marines. Yep. And that's a bad Marine. But eventually they manage, but Zoro eventually leaves the bar after beating all these Marines up. He's got to turn this bounty in. So he beats Helmeppo basically and he's holding a sword at him. And he's like, my father will do, my father's the head of this place. He'll do anything. He'll give you anything. Zoro's just like, in that case, he owes me money yeah and he takes the he takes we, mr seven's corpse yeah we just immediately smash cut to zoro helmeppo and some marine officers in axe hand morgan's office god axe hand morgan i don't 
They didn't nail his like facial prosthetic very well in this. No, because you can see underneath that <laughs> that jaw prosthetic in several shots. But he's still really fun. Yeah. And Morgan asks what's going on. And Helmeppo goes to explain about how Zoro's a piece of shit and how he was trying to cheat him. And Kid just gets backhanded with an axe by his father. Not dead. Flat of the axe. That's how you backhand with an axe. You use the flat of it, in case you were wondering. And he's talking to Zoro and he's like, honestly, you did some really good work, you know? And you could be a good Marine. We could working. be on the same side. Which is funny because they already are on the same yeah. side. Like, they're not both Marines, but they're, still, but they're both working to eradicate pirates. Yeah. Like, and Zoro's just like, I kind of got my own thing going on here, which is the exact line he used on Mr. Seven earlier. Mm-hmm. And so, Ackhead Morgan explains, well, you can either do what I say, or, you know, assaulting a Marine officer is a punishment that can see you strung up in the courtyard for seven days. Which, no food, no water. Which which means, technically, Zoro should be strung up for at least 28 days, because he hospitalized four officers. Yeah. And Zoro's reply is just, hmm, guess I could catch up on my sleep then. Mm-hmm. And then, from there... We cut to Zoro in the yard. He's strung up and Hameppo is taunting him. Yes. Uh, because Hameppo has Zoro's white sword because Zoro mm-hmm. has two normal swords and then a sword that has he a is white wrapped sheet. in yeah. white. Yeah. And Hameppo is taunting Zoro and he's like, you really think father is ever letting you out of here? You're going to die in this courtyard. And Zoro's like, uh, we'll see about that. It just kind of keeps shrugging Hameppo off until Hameppo starts taunting him with the sword and then he starts getting angry. Yeah. Their interaction finishes when Hameppo's holding a sword at Zoro and Zoro just like lunges at him. Oh yeah. And Hameppo gets scared. Stumbles back because it's scary. And yeah. he just throws like a final pass thing. That's when he throws like the, do you think my father's brother's going to get out of here and like scurries off? Yeah. And concurrently while that's happening, Luffy is with Kobe and he's trying to get Kobe to try to help. And he's like, Kobe's just like, I, I can't, I want to be a Marine. I can't help you. And Luffy's like, well, you could get the boat ready to sell though, right? That's perfectly fine. And Kobe's like, okay, but then what are you going to do? We see Luffy look over at a drain pipe that leads into the base. And she's like, don't worry, I'll think of something. And then after this scene with Helmeppo and Zoro, Luffy pushes a grate up. And he looks around. Mm-hmm. And the courtyard's empty, and then he sees Zoro. And, you know, Zoro's still tied to his post. And Luffy is like, oh, you're that really good fighter from the bar. You should join my crew. What are you doing here? How'd they capture you? How, like, how'd they even manage to catch you? And Zoro's just like, they didn't. I turned myself in. Yeah. And so Zoro and Luffy have a conversation. Luffy offers to free him. And Zoro's like, I won't owe you anything yeah like you can do it but it doesn't mean anything i'm not joining your crew i'm a pirate hunter you're a pirate yeah i mean at first even when he's offering so it's just like why i don't have anything to do right now basically and luffy's just like nothing and eventually like zoro implies that he has something he wants to do or needs to do mentions that he made a promise so luffy starts to untie and that's when zoro like i won't owe you anything Luffy's like that's fine that's fine yeah if you got something else you need to be doing you should do that instead and so then we Cut to Nami, and she is in the outfit that she stole from the shorter guy at the bar. Yep. And she is looking for a map of the Grand Line, and she's in the library doing it. The library, the map room, mm-hmm. wherever they keep all their information. Yeah. And so a lower-ranking Marine comes up to her and is like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, Axe Hand Morgan sent me down here to get a map of the Grand Line. And the librarian's <laughs> like, all the maps of the Grand Line to the Grand Line are kept under lock and key in Axe Head Morgan's office. And so Nami's like, yeah, but... That's what he told me to do. Do you want to question Axe Head Morgan? She rolls really well on her bluff check here. Yep. And succeeds. However, she fails her luck check because the guy she mugged for clothing walks in. And immediately recognizes her as you do. Yep. 
she then proceeds to beat the crap out of these two people very efficiently. And right as she finishes, Luffy walks around the corner. And she's like, what are you doing here? You can't be down here. I'm going to have to arrest you. And he's like, well, then you'd have to arrest yourself too. She's like, no, I'm a Marine. He's like, I've been here the whole time. I know you're not a Marine. You were at yeah. the bar. You stole that guy's clothes. And he's like, I'm also looking for a map of the Grand Line. You should join my pirate crew. And she's just like, what are we going to do? Walk over to him and ask him for a map? He's like, do you think we could? And so they decide that they are going to journey together, apparently, up to Axan Morgan's office and steal the map. Yeah. By which when I say they're going to do it together, I mean, Nami says she's going to get it. Luffy says, nah, I'm going to get it first. And then they just travel together to get it. Mm-hmm. And just before they find Axan Morgan's office, they actually run right into Axan Morgan himself. Yep. And... He doesn't recognize Nami, and then Luffy isn't in a uniform, so she tells him that she's taking this prisoner who is, who's been arrested for disorderly conduct to get booked, or yep. to, like, move cells or something. To the brig, is what she says. To the brig. There we go. And Morgan's like, I don't recognize you. And she's like, I requested to be put under your command from the 77th. Six, yeah, she's like, I was transferred here. I, I specifically requested to work under you. And he's, he's like, like, smart decision. I like you. And then he walks off. Yep. And then they go right into his office. Well, they're walking to his office and Luffy's like, well, how are we going to get in? And then Nami holds up keys. Oh, yeah. He's like, wait, how'd you do that? And she's like, like, I'm a thief. He's like, you should be on my pirate crew. It's the second most common line Luffy says in this episode. The first most common line being, I'm going to be king of the pirates. Yeah. I'm going to be king. (laughs) Believe it? Is that this show? (laughs) That's the show, right? Believe it is this show. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once they get into Morgan's office, they're just looking around to try to find where the map could be. And they can't find anything. And Nami's like, well, start checking everywhere else. And Luffy starts checking the wall of axe hands that he has. You see, he just has extra axe hands. And Who he, doesn't? And he pulls on one. And it makes the desk slide away to reveal a safe. Yep. Which is right in Nami's wheelhouse. So she mm-hmm. starts safe cracking. And they're working on it. And then we cut to Axan Morgan walking into the library downstairs. Or the map room. Wherever yeah. you keep your maps to the Grand Line. Or don't keep your maps to the Grand Line. Mm-hmm. And the other two Marines, the ones that Nami knocked out, are regaining consciousness. And they alert Axan Morgan to pirates. that pirates. infiltrated the base. Yeah. The pirate's an orange-haired woman in a Marine uniform. And Axan Morgan immediately gets upset and runs off, like, angry upset. And yeah. runs off to his office where they start pounding on the door and the alarms have been sounded. And Luffy's, like, trying to rush Nami. Mm-hmm. And then Axe Hand Morgan starts axe-handing his way through the door. Because it turns out, when you have an axe for a hand, objects made of wood are not much of an obstacle at all. Well, actually, you're legally obligated to, if you are holding an axe or have an axe for a hand, whenever approaching a locked door, you must Jack Nichols your way through it. Here's Axe Hand Morgan! Exactly. So, because Nami... Can't hear the lock mechanism anymore. Too much She's kind of giving up. Alarms. Luffy just grabs the safe and starts pulling on it. He's, he, she's like, I can't do it right now. There's too much noise. And he's like, I got an idea. And he starts pulling on it. And she's like, this is your idea? Lifting the safe? This safe that's bolted into the fucking ground. But obviously he's stepping back and his arms are stretching. Nami helps. And they rip the safe out and go flying through the window because of the force. Mm-hmm. And then they land down in the courtyard where Zoro is. And yep. he hasn't left yet. He's just been standing there like. Yeah. Or no. My bad. He has left because he had to go do stuff with. Um, yeah. What's his name? Helmeppo. Helmeppo. Yeah. yeah. Which I. I think we actually cut to like right about now mm-hmm. because Zoro- we, we cut we cut to Helmeppo yeah who is standing in the mirror no shirt on holding Zoro's white sword and then it zooms poses. out it zooms out and it's Helmeppo is just naked posing in front of the mirror with this white sword yeah pretending to be a badass mm-hmm. and then the door opens and Zoro walks in 
And Helmetpo grabs a teddy bear to cover his junk. And begs for his life because he assumes Zoro is here to kill him. And Zoro says he has a better idea. We don't know what that better idea is because we cut back to the courtyard where Nami and Luffy landed. And Zoro walks into the courtyard only to see them fighting off a bunch of guards. Yeah, a bunch of guards are showing up there fighting them. And then uh, shortly after Zoro decides to join the fight, so does Captain Axe Hand Morgan. And then Luffy and Zoro team up to take down Morgan while Nami takes on the rest of the guards and attempts to escape on her own with the map. Mm -hmm. But like doesn't make it very far because there's more guards. Yep. So they end up beating down Axe and Morgan and the three make their escape back to the boat. Yeah. And then from there, they start to sell off together. Well, they go to sell off together. They go to sell off and Helmepo shows up with guns pointed at them, letting them know that they can't leave. They can't just escape like that. Before Helmepo shows up, we have a scene with um, Kobe. Nope. Kobe seen after this? Yes. Okay, yeah, sorry. Helmepo's holding them at gunpoint, and Luffy's just like, what's with his hair? Zoro <laughs> has given him the worst fucking, like, bowl, not bowl, um, it's bob kinda... cut. It's like a bowl slash bob cut at the same yeah. time. It's that uneven. And as he's threatening them, he just gets knocked out from, by a punch from the side, and, and it's it... Kobe. Yep. And Luffy's like, Kobe, you need, you should come with us. And Kobe's like, nah, this is what I want to do. I want to be a Marine. I want to be a Marine. I want to help protect people. I want to be better than him. And like, just like Helmepo, something along those lines. And so there's a heartfelt goodbye mm-hmm. where Kobe's like, you know, next time we meet, we're, we might be enemies. And Luffy goes, yeah, but right now we're friends. Yep. It's very heartfelt. And that's the end of this episode for those guys. And cut to a figure. Getting a call on their snail phone. It's Vice Admiral Garp. Okay, you're talking about Garp. I was talking about yeah. the other part. My bad. Right. Garp gets a call and then makes his way to Shelltown. Yeah, because the call is about a map to the Grand Line being stolen yep. by a pirate in a straw hat. Yes. So he makes his way to Shelltown where immediately Axan Morgan is just like blowing things out of proportion. He blames his son for it. It was an entire group of pirates. They had devil fruit powers. But they managed to scale them off. And Kobe, we see Kobe standing in the block because this conversation is happening in the courtyard with all the cadets and things. Yeah. And we can see Kobe being like, no, nah, that's not what happened. And then I think after this bit, we get whatever thing you're going to talk about because I know we end once again on Garp. Do we end on Garp? I believe so. Because I'm pretty sure this episode ends because another person's being informed that the Grand Line map has been acquired from Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. It's what you say is next. Yeah. And my thing I was thinking about is next episode. We get, we get more Garp. We, start, we get a monologue from this person about how the, it's their Grand Line map. They've been planning for months. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll just have to take it back from the people that took it from them. And then we zoom out and it's a clown that is also a pirate. Yep, I was entirely wrong. Um, Garp just gets a phone call being notified about the map. He doesn't show up until next episode. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's my bad. So, thoughts? Episode one of Netflix's original series, completely original series. Definitely not, like... Based on anything. Or with the, with the like, creative direction of Oda. No. Or with, like, casting direction from Oda. No. Or, like... That'd be weird, man. Yeah. It, completely it, original. It would also be weird for a, mang- for a mangaka... To be completely involved in the adaptation of one of their properties. I don't think it's legally allowed. And for the property to turn out good. Yeah, I don't think it's legally allowed. The last time I remember Mangaka being this involved with a property was Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> where Toriyama was on set almost every day of filming. He just wasn't allowed to have opinions. And they never listened to the words he said. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on episode one of One Piece? I don't like Luffy's actor very much. and I, okay. Which is hilarious because Oda hand-selected him to play Luffy. <laughs> Oda, you were wrong. I love Zoro's actor. Yeah. And other than the like consistent attempt to be more piratey than One Piece is, 
it's a good show. The action's yeah, good. Agree, the though. fights are clean, but it just feels like it wants to be. It, it feels it leans too heavily Black Cells, not heavily enough Pirates of the Caribbean. I get that, yeah. In the comedy darkness tones is what I'm. Yeah, yeah, to. I figured that out. Otherwise, great show. I would actually like it's eight episodes for season one. Yeah, I would watch more at this point. Like I gotta I'm reading that. One Piece now. I am ostensibly a One Piece fan. <laughs> I'm doing it for you, Hunter and Chris. You you guys have convinced me to read One Piece, but you'll never convince me. I don't hate myself. I still am not in love with it, so... But I do like this show enough to go watch the rest of it, because seven hours of my life, which it's not even seven hours, because this first episode's an hour, but the next episode's really like 43 to 44 minutes. Well, like 50-ish minutes, but yeah. So it's not even it's not even another seven hours of my life, versus reading the next 700 chapters. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just watch seven hours of One Piece. But yeah, I like it. What about you? I, I agree. I think it's overall fairly good. I don't have as many issues with Luffy's actor as you do. I don't think he's bad. I think, it, he, I think he's low energy and doesn't have... I think he has moments of high energy that work. It, to me, it feels like an actor still settling into the role. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, he does improve in episode two, so... Yeah, like, there are moments in this first episode where he feels like Luffy, and then there are other moments where I'm just like, that, uh, that, I got no energy from that. My biggest issue is corollary to yours mm-hmm. by which i mean it's also basically being too piratey my issue is that basically besides nami zoro and luffy everyone else and, and buggy who we hear in the next episode we, we hear him a bit here too but everyone else speaks like they're in like 16th century they talk with the accents as if it's a black sills yeah like 16th century England or like their 16th century pirates. And that's just not something one I was expecting. And also, if we're talking about a world where we're seeing characters that are supposedly from vastly different areas of the world. Yes. But they all talk with the same accent. World government. But we know other people that grew up around them don't talk with the accent. Rural hicks. Luffy grew up around everyone else in Willenmail Village who talked like they were fucking from, 16, from the 16th century. Look, I can keep giving you answers, but none of them are going to fit. Yeah, because... like, that's my issue. Like, it, it feels off. It feels so off. Just let people talk in their normal voice. Maybe. It would work. It fits with One Piece. That's what One Piece does. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, your tone for, the, like, the anime, you're not talking in your voice. You're talking in the voice uh, for that character. So, like, whatever characteristic they have or, like, their build, right? Maybe they are all talking in their voice. You're telling me they're all fucking British. They're all from the fucking 16th century. They've just been teleported to now and are being forced to film One Piece. Yes. I'm pretty sure I've seen some of these actors before. You have not. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. I'm going to go on to episode two if you are. Yeah. Episode two. And I am going to remember to give us the title this time. This one is entitled The Man in the Straw Hat. Yeah. So this episode's about Luffy. No. He is the titular man in the straw hat. No. It's about... Samurai Jack or Mugen. Honestly, shouldn't this episode have been called The Men in the Straw Hat? It would make more sense. I know it's specifically about Shanks and like Shanks leaving, but it's also about like Luffy inheriting the hat. Mm -hmm. And really the focal point of this episode is the hat. Like the episode should have been called The Men in the the Straw Hat. I'm not deep. I'm not like. I mean, The Man in the Straw Hat is eh. The Men in the Straw Hat's better. I think The Straw Hat is also just better than The Man in the Straw Hat. The Straw Hat Society? Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention something that I did also enjoy about the episode. Previously. Oh, yes. It's somewhat in the anime and manga as well. You, you see it kind of often, especially in some show and stuff, especially from like the late 90s, early 2000s. But they did it well, even in scenes that weren't panel, but for panel from the manga. 
just the Kurosawa-esque inspiration to some of the shots and the styling of it. Especially nice. for Zoro's fight scene mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, and, that, that's all I really had to say. Well, actually, while we're talking about like things that did well that 90s manga and anime, especially shonen, did not, most of the character outfits, especially Zoro and yeah. Luffy, are like pretty spot on, one-to-one with mm-hmm. the anime. Yeah. Nami's is not. No, because, Nam- because Nami's actual outfit in the anime and in the manga is hideously oversexed for no actual yeah. reason. I mean, this one's pretty accurate to the very big early beginning because Nami's more co- dressed more conservatively in the beginning of the a- anime and manga. Yeah, but this is her outfit throughout the right of the show. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, like, this is that's this my, tracks for the that, first part. That's my point. Like, yeah. this is this show is much better about treating as woman characters. Mm-hmm. It's woman character. The main cast for One Piece for a long time only has one woman character. Yeah. However, it also treats Alvita better, like we said, when we were talking about her. Uh, actually, it treat yeah, so actually it does treat the, the women characters thus far better. Better. And that's praiseworthy, even if it's a very minimal hurdle. Yes. So episode two, once again, begins with Luffy flashbacks. Yep. He's doing stretchy stuff at the bar. Yeah, he's just as a kid. He's trying to gum gum pistol a glass bottle on the table, but instead punches a stool. And uh the bartender. Makino. She's like, hey, look, just because you have unique abilities, like you you are still going to have to like be careful with those, especially because of the curse of the devil fruit. Yeah. Here she explains the whole seawater thing. We mentioned this earlier. It's relevant in this episode. Yeah. She mentions, you know, seawater takes away your power. You can't swim. You'll just die. And then Shanks shows up. And Luffy's like, hey, Shanks, can I join your crew? <gasps> Luffy asks everybody to join his crew because Shanks never asked him to join his crew. Yeah, basically. Holy shit, the psychology there is actually astounding. So, Shanks shows up, Luffy asks to join his crew, and Shanks refuses, and Luffy's like, well, I can just ask you when you come back. And then Shanks is just like, that's the thing. When we leave, we're not coming back. And Luffy is depressed. Absolutely crushed. Yep. You might say destroyed. It's kind of like he's a Wookiee, and he's on a planet's surface, and the moon's falling towards him, but in order to save Luke Skywalker's life, he has to die. Kind of like that. See, I was going to say it was like everyone telling you you can never achieve the dream that you wanted just because of the circumstances of your birth. So you meet your hero, the one person you've ever truly believed in, and it's just been the symbol of everything that's right with the world and that anybody can do something. And then you ask them if you can do it, and they're just like, no. Then you're left towering, standing above the heights that humanity has reached, looking down upon them all and questioning whether you belong with them. I love this bit. (laughs) (laughs) The incredible Star Wars, very good line. Thank you. You were doing Syndrome, right? No. (laughs) But let's be clear here. Now that you've mentioned it, Majora's interaction with All Might is just Syndrome again. (laughs) <laughs> that's where i thought you were going my bad like at fir- at first, my like, hero just doesn't turn him into a villain at first i was like oh yeah this is my hero and like you kept going i was like no this is syndrome i think it was syndrome explaining that scene maybe <laughs> oh fuck so i'm gonna just continue the flashbacks because they are spread out throughout the episode yeah but i mean it's just we get more flashbacks throughout the episode here let me allow you to know how they narratively fit into the episode this episode, whenever someone touches Luffy's hat, and it's not Luffy, possibly a flashback. Or when Luffy gets submerged in seawater, flashback. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Their connotations are out of the way. They tie to that. Let's go. So, the same gang of pirates who came in and bashed the whiskey on the floor in episode one come back to the bar, and Shanks is there. They get into a bit of an altercation, and then yep. the pirate threatens to hurt Luffy because Luffy's 
smarted it off to him in some yeah. way. And Shanks goes, oh, yeah, so it's fine. If you, like, dump some whiskey on me, spill, spill a little a bit of whiskey. But you're not going to threaten my friends? And he finger guns one of this dude's, like, first mates or... Uh, one of his crew members. And, and uh, in classic, like, fantastic losers fashion... God, that scene in Losers is iconic. Oh, yeah. Chris Evans' best superhero role. If you haven't seen Losers, go watch Losers. It's one of the best Marvel films. Mm -hmm. And the guy's head just pops. And then the camera pans over to where we see it's one of Shanks' crewmates. And then we don't really see how Shanks is handling this at the moment, so we focus on that guy and incoming Yasup, who we've said his name. We don't actually ever really say his name it, in these first two episodes it does get subtitled yeah though. and also it is on his head yeah he wears a hat he wears a headband that says yasop like it's kind of hard to read from some angles but it's yasop he's a vaguely important character in he's also the like a lore. reference to japanese folktale yeah like, hmm. he's just a cool character yeah yeah so yasop just starts kicking ass along with the rest of the crew dueling pistols to do it uses one pistol can't use it to get off he's like grabs another pistol from one of the other guys uses it and then when he can't get access to readily available pistols anymore, he just starts pistol weapon people. Yep. Up and down like a little stretch of dock. It's great. It's very good. And then when the fight clears, Shanks is like, wait, where's Luffy? Yep. And it turns out the captain of the other pirate crew and Luffy have disappeared. Mm-hmm. They're out on a little rowboat headed out into the fucking sea with no boat seemingly near them. So I don't know where this guy's taking him to. Oh, he's just planning to kill Luffy. That's yeah. the entire purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it seems like a bad idea. And he's like talking shit to Luffy about how like if he had just learned to keep his mouth shut, da, 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 da. And then as the guy's getting ready to stab Luffy, a shadow is seen underneath the waves and then the boat rocks. Mm-hmm. And a giant sea monster knocks them out of the boat. Yep. And it immediately noms the captain, like, fucks his day up forever. Yeah. That, that, that man is dead. Or he's busy, like, Jonah Welling that shit, man. <laughs> that man is dead. Look, I know from One Piece, sometimes wells aren't really real, or sometimes, sometimes they are real, but you build an entire secret base inside of one anyways. Yes. Yeah. All I'm saying is maybe he's alive, maybe it's a fake sea beast, maybe that's actually his ship. You don't know it's One Piece. Anything could happen. But then Shanks That's shirt. actually Gold Roger in disguise. That's why he's wearing that reddish jacket and has a mustache and long black hair. Then Shanks shows up to save Luffy because Luffy is drowning here. He yeah. can't breathe. He's lost all his strength because, again, seawater is basically kryptonite. Yep. He pulls Luffy back up. Shanks and... saves him just as the monster like goes to yeah. bite him. And Luffy's crying in Shanks' boat. And Shanks is like being like, hey, look, you're okay. We're okay. It's okay. And Luffy hugs Shanks. And, and then notices does, that Shanks is missing a fucking arm. Yeah, because the sea monster just ate all of Shanks' arm. Not all of it, just like from just above the elbow. Yeah, all of like Shanks' arm. A good amputation spot. All of good, all of Shanks' arm. And so then, Luffy starts crying and more and apologizing and apologizing. Because it's his fault that... Yeah, Shanks. which, fair, true. <laughs> 100%. Back on land, though, Shanks goes over to Luffy and they have a conversation where... Where like, Luffy once again asks to join his crew and then because he knows makes, it's dangerous now. And Luffy then makes a promise that... The next time Shanks sees him, he'll be the best pirate there is. Mm -hmm. And Shanks takes off the hat, plops it onto Luffy's head and goes, be good, Luffy, and then walks away. Well, no. Yes. No, he he explains that, cool, so when I see you again, you can give me my hat back then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... The hat is a a symbolic guarantee that they will see each other again, and then he tells Luffy, be good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but like, you gotta be more heartfelt about it, Justice. No, I don't. (laughs) Anyways, let's come back to the present where Luffy... 
is pointing out to he, He's just yammering on about how all three of them would make such a good crew together. No, no, no. He's not saying they would make a good crew. He's saying they are a good crew. He's yes. like, man, guys, this was my first real pirate heist. Look how successful we were. And Nami's just like, yeah, it was kind of obvious. That's obvious that this was your first, your first pirate score. And she's still trying to open the safe and just getting super in with him because he's fluttering about the deck and then occasionally like getting right up in her business. Yeah. She's to her. She's trying to still listen to the safe. But she doesn't manage to get it open. Mm-hmm. And we get the map of the Grand Line. Zoro is upset because he's like, you stole this safe. And all that was in it was a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, Or pieces of paper. There's multiple maps. They only take one for some fucking reason, though. Yeah. I feel like you should, because we know there are maps to the Grand Line or maps of the Grand Line. I feel like you should take out all the maps and compare them to one another because oftentimes maps are wrong. But here's the thing. Or sometimes some people just make up things to put on maps. That way you can be like, hey, no, see, this this is a made up island. I put it there. That way I would know if anyone copied my map. It's a copyright. Here's the thing, and this is important, and this is Mm -hmm. outside knowledge of of One Piece. The map is to the Grand Line, not of the Grand Line. I mean... Specifically specifically because you cannot map the Grand Line. I mean, more importantly, outside information, of course there's only the one map that matters because originally Nami steals this map from Buggy. There's only one map to worry about. Yeah, but also... But it'd like, be weird if Axe and Morgan, for some reason, kept only one map to a, the Grand Line in, a hidden in his safe. safe. Yeah. But, like, it is also important that it's a map to the Grand Line, because, specifically speaking, the Grand Line consistently changes. The islands move. Yeah. The magnetic directions aren't always correct. It's fucking weird and yeah. wonky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's not a map of the Grand Line. It's a map to the Grand Line. Yeah. But that's besides the point, because also, while Nami is looking at this map and, like, she essentially ex- does some wor- world exposition for us, but in, like, that Luffy is stupid and doesn't yeah. know about, like, the actual ocean. Because she asks if he knows where they're going or some shit like that. And he's like, to the Grand Line, she's like, which direction is that? Yeah, so she's she... Like, ex- uh, uh... She explains that the world is divided up into four different quadrants. The East Blue, North Blue, West Blue, and South Blue. And there's a thin strip of land that circles the entire globe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it circles on the equator or the mer- Miranda. I think it's on the Meridian. Meridian, yeah. But it's called the Red Line, and it's a chain of land, like the only non-islands. And then perpendicular to that is the band of ocean called the Grand Line, which has its own separate current and... Things get weird around it. Yeah, which is like the treacherous stretch of oceans that they're going to. It's where the One Piece supposedly is, and it's where Gold Roger made his name. He's the only pirate to sell the Grand Line. So I think like the introduction into that was Nami also made a comment about how Luffy was a horrible navigator. Yeah. And after she explains this, Luffy's just like, you're an excellent navigator. You should join my crew. Yeah. Then we see giant red flares. Yeah, we also learn here that Nami doesn't think the One Piece is a real thing. Yeah. We then see giant red flares streak through the sky, Mm -hmm. and they kind of, like, descend into a gas over um, Luffy's boat. Yeah, and they're all like, that smells weird. And they start blacking out. Before they do, well, before Luffy does, he sees a Jolly Roger with a clown nose. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and he takes the map, puts it back in its map case, and just sword swallows that bitch. He is made of rubber. So they wake up in a box. All three of them in a box. I want you to know I hate you so much right now. <laughs> you know what I was staring at you for. You know what I wanted out of that. And they're all wondering where the fuck they are. If they've been taken by... They assume it's Marines that have caught them. Or yeah. at least Nami and Zoro do. And But Luffy tells them that it was pirates. He saw a Jolly Roger. It's better that way. Nami's just like, Pirates are better. And Zoro's like, yeah, pirates are better than marines. Pirates don't have any formal training. They're easier, They're easier to, kill. to kill. 
And Luffy's like, maybe I could talk to him. And Nami's like, they're pirates. And then the box falls apart. Yeah, well, he also, Nami freaks out on the map, and he's yeah. like, oh, I have it in a safe place. It's in a safe place. Oh, really? Where would that be? Uh, <laughs> so the box falls open, and the trio find themselves in the middle of a circus. Yep. And then the ringmaster of the circus, the clown, is the pirate captain, Buggy. Mm-hmm. And Luffy starts clapping excitedly, and we see that there's a bunch of people in a crowd clapping as well. Oh, also, Luffy recognizes Buggy, but doesn't remember his name. Yes. Which is the best ongoing bit in all of One Piece. Yeah. The fact that Luffy doesn't know Buggy's name is astounding. Yeah. I love it so much. So, when we see the crowd shot, though, we said that they're all chained up. Mm-hmm. But Luffy recognizes Buggy because he saw Buggy's wanted poster back at Shelltown. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't remember what the name was. Yeah, and... Binky? I think he says Binky here. Anyways, Buggy starts grilling them for the map that he wants. Yep. And Luffy essentially makes a comment about not knowing something. I d- yeah. Who so. knows? And Buggy freaks out. Because it turns out Buggy's clown knows. Not a prop or, like, a piece of an accessory. Yeah, or, or maybe it is. Who knows? No, it, it, it's his nose. You can see, like, it's his nose. I don't know about that. He knows about that. Nose? Nose? Yeah. Yeah. It's his real nose. And so mm-hmm. he, Buggy freaks out. He has Zoro and Nami taken away to be like... Well, he starts freaking out about that. And Buggy's bringing up the map again. Mm-hmm. And he's like... He just mentioned being a pirate and stuff. And Luffy's like, I'm going to be the king of the pirates. And Buggy's like, no, I shall be the king of the pirates. Me, my freaks, my rejects. And I will be the king of them all. So Zoro steps forward to threaten them all. Oh, yeah. That's right. Sorry. And then... As Zoro is doing classic Zoro things and escalating things to a fight. Now, the best part here is just, like Buggy and Luffy get into a, I'm going to be king of the pirates. No, I'm going to be king. I'm going to be king of the pirates. Dad said I could be the king this time. And then Zoro draws his sword and goes, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Nami, stopping Zoro from trying to kill everyone, steps in and she's like, oh, I think I've got a new reject that, for a year. That you'd be very interested in. Yes. So she grabs Luffy's hat and throws it up. And he stretches up to grab it. And Luffy freaks out, stretches his hands all the way to the top of the tent to grab the hat. Yep. And Nami uses this distraction to run outside the big top tent they're in into a completely, absolutely fucking destroyed town. And it, where she is immediately tackled by two pirate thugs and pulled no, back No, where she's immediately astounded by how destroyed it is, looks around for about a good 10 seconds, being like, wow. And then is wow. immediately tackled by two yeah. pirate clowns. And vaguely struggles but gets pulled back inside and then her and Zoro get carted off to be imprisoned yeah and my bad Zoro didn't have a sword he didn't draw a sword he just yeah he just still threatened people he just tried to start a fight without a sword because they did have their weapons taken from them when they were put in the box yep and do believe we see Luffy first out of the three of them in the new imprisonments Mm, no because we see Nami and Zoro okay and they're bickering back and forth Nami is in a cage a bird cage yeah yep, a very large bird cage and zoro is strapped to a knife spinning throw. knife throwing board mm-hmm. and zoro is talking about like when he gets out of here he's gonna fucking kill everyone and he's just like pulling on his restraints just like look there's not, no point in that stop that you're, you're not, not you're not even you are strong enough to just rip that out of the, the wall yeah and he's like he looks at her and then keeps pulling he's like what are you gonna do he's like at least i'm doing something she's like so am i she reaches into a sock and pulls out a lockpick. He's like, you have a lockpick on you? She's like, I have four of them. The clowns only found three. And he's like, so what's the plan? She's like, the thing we've been doing the entire time. Keep a look up. Make sure nobody sees us. 
Well, I picked these locks. She's terrible at picking locks. She is. Yeah. She is. It's it's an old lock. She has a rack pin. It shouldn't be too hard. She is like she is terrible at picking locks. You can pick a simple lock like the one she's doing with a pumpkin cutter, like the shitty ones that you can buy for like a buck fifty. You mean the dollar fifty wave rakes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because that's what they are. Yeah. But it literally takes the, the rest of this 40 minute, well, most of the rest of this 40 minute episode for her to pick her handcuffs. Yeah. Love uh, to pick the lock on the door to her cage. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Not even handcuffs. It's not like she's picking me yeah, handcuffs would be harder. Yeah. Your wrists are indisposed. So then we go back to Luffy. Because they hear, they hear Luffy screaming. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And we don't see Luffy when we first pan into the shot. We see a bunch of horrified looking audience members there were air quotes around there and somebody is like standing at a wheel rolling a rack Mm -hmm. he's like please don't make me and buggy yells at him to do it this guy was the mayor of this town or technically still is if the town is gone but the people are still there is he still the mayor and i guess that's an existential question about what makes a community that i don't feel like getting into at the moment so he's a guy in a wig he's a guy in a puffy white wig i think he's the mayor of the former town but the people are still there the town is still, like, the town's land is still there. He, the town still exists. Yeah, but it's also been conquered. But it hasn't. Yes. Like, is Buggy a conquering? Yes. Okay. He's a conquering force. We don't see the Buggy bomb things in this, but I mean, it's, it's you don't fuck with Buggy. So, so, we then see that it is Luffy, who has, all four of his limbs have been tied to a rack, and he's being stretched across the entirety of this big tent. He's not having a problem with it. It's almost like he's made of rubber. Like, this was a bad decision from someone. How did that happen? So, Buggy is, like, straightforward asking, Hey, where's my map? Do you have my map? <laughs> the map like, of the I, Grand Line. I don't have it. I don't know what you're talking about. And he keeps, like, stretching Luffy. And Luffy's like, man, this isn't, like, we can do this all day. I can literally do this yeah. all day. So, Buggy's like, fine, we'll switch it up. You know, I know a pirate who wore a hat like that. And Luffy's immediately like, oh, you knew Shanks? Because Luffy does not know how to hold on to information in his life. Luffy doesn't understand what interrogation is. Yeah. Like, he's just like, oh, he's no longer asking about the map. Ooh, now we can just talk about things. Yeah. And so, like, he's, Buggy is, like, needling on the right things mm-hmm. for Luffy to, like, he's yeah. getting a reaction. Buggy's like, yeah, me and Shanks were on a crew together when we were about your age. Shanks betrayed me. Mm-hmm. He was like, always, he, he betrays he, everyone. He always cared about the spotlight too much. Not like me, who only wants the spotlight on me. He wouldn't share it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, let me guess, he wouldn't share it with you either. And, like, that kind of hits home. Because, mm-hmm. Like, it's right. But, like, when Luffy re- refuses to, like, answer and engage, yep. Buggy demands that the former mayor, mayor of the former town, however you want to classify him, stretch Luffy more. And the guy's like, no, I don't want yep. to. You can't make me. And Buggy goes, oh, okay. Well, how about that kid right there? We'll put him on the rack instead. Yeah. Come here. And, like, as he's, like, Getting the kid like pulled towards mm-hmm. the rack where Luffy stretched out. Luffy like that's enough. Leave him alone. And he's like, "What are you doing? Like you're stuck there." Also, he's made of rubber, so he just slips out of his restraints. Yep, and is perfectly fine because again, I don't know if you've caught this yet. He's made of rubber. Exactly. So once he busts out of his restraints, Luffy winds back his fist and punches Buggy. So hard he knocks the guy's fucking head off. Right into the lap of an audience member who starts screaming, freaking out. The audience freaks out in general. Yeah. And then we cut to Buggy's head and it just rotates, looks up at the person whose lap it's in, and like does a comedic bit. He's like, hello there. Thanks for the catch or something like that. Yeah. And then we hear a. 
and his head just pops back onto his body. Mm-hmm. And then we get Buggy taking the moment to expose that he too has eaten a devil fruit. He ate the chop chop fruit. You can slice him, you can dice him, you can do whatever, but he'll always come back together. Yep. Yeah, so he just knocks Luffy the fuck out. Yeah, because uh, he doesn't just knock Luffy yeah. out. He... Luffy's trying to punch him. He's separating things. And then, he's like, and here's another neat thing I can do. And we see his hand is holding a little balloon up by Luffy's head. He squishes it. It's a puff of the same smoke. Yeah, and Luffy mm-hmm. falls unconscious. Only to wake I would the... argue that it's still knocking the fuck out. It's yeah, just the yeah. connotation is different. It's not my fault people would assume I meant punch or kick. I didn't say those words. The fact that someone would put those words into my mouth okay. is atrocious. So then Luffy wakes back up, and mm-hmm. now he's in a plexiglass like glass container that has slowly got salt water. It's an escape tank. Yeah, it's slowly got seawater pouring in from the, the ceiling, and Luffy is barely able to like stand up, even though the water's like at like knee level. Yeah. Because seawater, kryptonite. Yep. And then we have one of our flashbacks that we already talked about. Well, then we also get a cut to Kobe. And mm-hmm. this is what you were talking about at the end of the yeah, last Kobe episode. Kobe standing in a block as Captain Garp's talking to everyone. Mm-hmm. And Axan Morgan's trying to be like, oh, all these pirates, blah, 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 blah. It is important that we re-mention that Hemepo is also here. He's no longer a Marine. He's yeah. now... Helmepo is a cadet again. Yes. He's been demoted to cadet. Mm-hmm. Axan Morgan's blaming the entire fiasco on his son. Not on his son, on all of them being inept, but especially his son. And he's like, if it wasn't for our newest recruit who we just got today, my son probably would have been killed. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of it. It's just X had Morgan lying about shit. And we see that Kobe is indeed a... We want to go ahead and Marine. just finish out the, the, the Kobe, I would. I would yeah, the Kobe yeah. story here. Because Kobe. we do cut back to Luffy, but yeah. we have, we'll eventually come back to Kobe. And their stories don't actually affect each other. Yeah, no. So Kobe is taken to what was Axan Morgan's office. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit later in the day. Mm-hmm. And Garp is questioning what Kobe's involvement was. because um, People saw him with one of the pirates. With the straw hat one, in fact. And like initially, Kobe tries to play it off like he doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But then Kobe admits everything. He's like, look. I was a captive of the pirate, Alvita. And this but- pirate, Luffy... The straw, he, the straw hat. He saved me, and he brought me here. And then Garp is like, "So, are you loyal to him? Are like, you pretending to be a pirate?" And he's like, "No, no, no. I've always no, wanted. Are you pretending to be a marine?" Like, yeah. I, and he's like, "No, no. I've always wanted to be a marine. I just." And he's like, "Garp's like, well, why didn't you say anything to us?" And then he's like, "I didn't think they let me enlist." And then Garp has this lot, this beautiful line. He's like, "So, you have any loyalty to this pirate?" And like, this question is obviously a test. Mm. And Kobe passes it with flying collars because Kobe goes. Well, he hesitates for a moment. He, yeah, he, he hesitates. Garp's staring tenses. And, and he, his answer is, he's a pirate. Yep. Such a good answer. Such a good answer. Fuck. And then Garp goes, okay, then you're coming with me. Yep. You'll be, you'll be training under me on my ship and you'll be there when we apprehend this pirate. Yeah. And then we see that Morgan's been kind of taken care of, by which I mean he's tied up to the post yeah, in the courtyard. That no one has uh, gotten off of before, because, besides Zoro, apparently. Because Garp doesn't like liars. Yeah, he's ta- he talks to the entire cadet class and all the Marines enlisted at this um, fort. Yeah. And he he goes, we are deep in the time of piracy, but it's not the pirates who are the real threat to the Marines and our mission. It's their dreams. And it's not the, the pirates who are... We can take their lives, we can take their boats. Yeah. But until we take their dreams, they will always come back which is basically their explanation as to why they have all the maps of the grand line because if pirates don't know how to get there they can't achieve their dream of trying to get the one piece i think getting to the grand line is easy yeah if you're in the west blue you travel towards the north blue no no i think it's oh sorry if you're if you're north you you travel south yes 
if you're east, you travel west, and eventually you'll hit the red line or the or the grand line. Yeah. And if you hit the red line, you just follow that north or south. <laughs> yeah. Until you get to the grand line. You know, I think it's relatively easy as well, but apparently not. To be fair, Luffy we- didn't know there was four C's. Yeah. So. I don't think Luffy knew the cardinal directions, man. Fair enough. Uh, we come back to Buggy, and this, the tank is continuing to fill. Mm-hmm. It's almost full. Nami and Zoro have a have Buggy, now- Buggy's insisting as the tank gets so far, it's above Luffy's head. Buggy's insisting that just tell me, just tell me. And you can do it with Lu- my crew. You can you can be the number two. Yeah, to the king. You can bow at the feet of the king of pirates. And Luffy's looking at me. He taps on the glass. Oh. And Buggy looks a bit confused. Hold on, because I do. We do have a bit of a Zoro story that we need to like address. Yeah. While Nami is picking the lock, one of the members of Buggy's crew comes in. Yes. Because he has a... Who, honestly, his design looks more like he belongs in Bleach oh, yeah, or looks, Naruto. He looks so much like a Bleach character. I mean, he looks like a Bleach character who would like be a lieutenant. Or he looks like Deirdre... Deirdre? Deirdre, Deirdre yeah. Um, from Naruto's, like, long-lost twin brother. Well, that makes sense, because Zoro hunted him down. And, Dave, killed, and killed his brother, yeah. Because we're given this story about how this guy and his brother were fleeing from... And, like, more of their crew were fleeing from yeah. Zoro... And he Across hunted the them. marshlands like a demon. He hunted them like a demon, which the demon Zoro is one of his nicknames. Yeah. And for three days and nights, he tracked them without stopping for food or water and eventually killed this man's brother because the, the guy's brother st- stayed back to like... D- yeah. He cut off his head for a few berries. Berries is what their currency is, by mm-hmm. the way. And so he starts... To, he, he's playing with Zoro because he's like just well, throwing knives at this board. Well, the best part, in my opinion, is Zoro's response to that. Mm-hmm. He's mentioning the story to him. His horse is like, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. And he's like, you cut off his head for a few berries. And his horse is like, that sounds like me. He, he doesn't just say that sounds like me. He smiles a little bit and goes, that sounds like me. Yeah. It's a very Wolverine moment, which Zoro <laughs> like, has a bit of Wolverine yeah. energy. So this entire time, this guy's been throwing throwing knives at Zoro after spinning the board. Mm-hmm. And when he says that sounds like me, he throws one again. And it lands right above Zoro's right wrist, right next to a fucking rope. And so Zoro starts sawing away at it. Yeah. And then Zoro goes... If I were you, I wouldn't look behind you. Yeah. And so the man immediately turns around and looks behind him where he gets just jacked cheap by Nami. shot, cheap shot at by Nami. And which, then Zoro rips his arm free. And then wraps his arm around this dude's throat and just chokes the man out. Yep. Before he gets free. And then they go save Luffy. Yeah. So Luffy taps on the tank. Buggy looks a bit confused. And then the tank cracks when we see a blur of motion that hits it. It's Nami. Nami threw her staff and then it bounces back. Yeah. Yeah. So the tank breaks and Luffy gets out and we get our fight scene. Which this fight consists of Luffy getting his ass kicked for a little bit. Yep. Because he can't manage to hit Buggy and Zoro can't manage to cut Buggy. It's Zoro looking like so pissed off and like the pure look of consternation on his face as he there, there's a moment, dices Buggy up. There's a moment where he just looks so defeated. Mm-hmm. And then Buggy just reforms and he's like, oh no. I, 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 I can't just... Cut he it. doesn't even go all three sword style on Buggy, which we forgot to mention was a thing he does. We mentioned he has three swords. We didn't mention that he goes three hand, three sword style on um, Axe Morgan. and Morgan. Yeah, that's how they beat Morgan. Yeah, it's fine. It's a good moment. Watch it. Yeah, but then Luffy sees all these like chests and boxes around the circus, and he's like, "Nami, the boxes!" and starts like kicking and punching and throwing parts of Buggy into these boxes so Nami can and, sl- slam them shut. And, and Buggy's getting super fucking annoyed. Yeah. And eventually, all that's left is Buggy is his hands, his feet, and his head. And they're all land stacked on top of each other, so he's a little tiny buggy. And, and um, He's Luffy. screaming in anger. He's mm-hmm. like, what have you done? And then 
Luffy, gum gum bazookas him out of the big top. Now, I'd like to point out, in the first episode at a point, when Luffy uses his gum gum pistol, Zoro's just like, what is that? And Luffy's like, oh, everyone. All, all the greatest fighters call out their moves. Yeah. And Zoro's just like, no, they don't. In this fight, before this happened, Buggy did call out Chop Chop Barrage. Yeah, Buggy called out his moves. Yeah, so right now we're at a vote of two to one on if good and, fighters, or the greatest really, call out their moves. Alvita didn't call out her moves. Alvita's Morgan, not the greatest. Morgan didn't call out his moves. Yeah, those are Trumps. And they didn't offer their opinions. Fair enough. But yeah, that brings us essentially to the end of this episode. Yeah. Luffy and crew set the village free. They go to leave. The village mayor goes to give Luffy a box of like provisions and food. Yeah, very small box of like food. And Luffy goes, no, you guys need it more. And then immediately runs back and grabs a single piece of food out of it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take a snack. Yeah. So they all get on their boat and they set off. As Luffy says, bound for the Grand Line. That's maybe, maybe not. He doesn't know how boats work. And then in the cabin. We see Nami pull out a small case from underneath the floorboard. Open it and take a small little sea snail and put it in her ear. And then she calls somebody and lets them know that she has the map. And she's on her way. And that's the end of episode two. So, what are your thoughts on the so very original Netflix series, One Piece? I, so, I've already talked about how I like the show. Yes. This episode specifically I like because it gives Buggy way more business. Like Buggy yeah. does not get this much business in the in the like early run of One Piece, and that's a shame because, because Buggy, Buggy is so fucking fantastic. He, he's also such a great mirror and foil to Luffy. Like yeah. he and Luffy have similar paths. Mm-hmm. Buggy has just taken the darker one of them. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I like I like the show a lot. I would watch the next six episodes, partially because I'm lucky enough that in the 250 ish chapters of One Piece I've read, my favorite arc is very early. Mm-hmm. I love Arlong Park. Arlong Park is good. You're not wrong. And that's the end of the season. Arlong Park deals with fishmen who Nami is... Well, that's spoilers. You'll have to watch yeah. the show or It does with manga. fish people. Yeah, there's fish people. That's the spoiler. But in that like that being the end of the season... When you go into their town, you'll think they're pretty normal at first, but then you're like, maybe that's a weird cult <laughs> thing going on. And you still will be at a, fir- a bit at confused. Like, at first you'll be like, you know, they're kind of greasy. And then you're like... Oh, there's just what Greek. are those weird lights at night they're, out in the sky? It's okay though; they're just Greek. That that's that's a normal thing. They're yeah, just, they're just Greek. And then you'll stumble into them doing like this weird ritual. We'll be like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's like this weird community bonding thing. And then you'll find out they're fish people. And again, and then there's no really re- no real big repercussions. You're just kind of weirded out. But also, like, are they really fish people or are they just Greek? It'd be Lovecraft was shit. Yeah, this is a good bit too. Uh, <laughs> But no, I like the show. I'd watch more specifically because I know that my favorite arc is coming yeah. up, and I would like to see how that gets adapted. I'm not the biggest One Piece fan, but like, I would like to see Hayachi and Zoro's fight in live action. Yeah. How about you, though? I would watch more. I think the make or break moment for me in these eight episodes would be introduction of Mihawk and introduction of Sanji. Which should be both are Barte. Yeah, because Mihawk, Mihawk beats the shit out of people, and briefly fights air quotes zoro by which i mean zoro just gets stomped decimates yeah decimates zoro and also cuts a boat in half because mm. he's miyak yeah and we get sanji who's fun ish but yeah if those aren't done well or the characters aren't portrayed well i think it's an it would be an immediate no-go at I, that point you bring up hawkeye miyak and like i i would love to see who they cast for that i might just google it after we finish yeah. this 
But yeah, so you'd watch more too? Yeah, I would. Uh, that's two upvotes from us. Your co-captains enjoyed that's each of our one piece on the show or our two pieces of the show. I don't know. Anyways. I tried a thing and it didn't work. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you with another show review soon. But before that, we'll have an interstitial. If you'd like to get in contact with us. You can do so by emailing us at copilotreview at gmail.com. Tweeting us or Xing us on X at copilotsreview. Or you can find a link to our Gmail, our X, preferably Twitter, our Patreon. Yeah. You, you know, you and can, our YouTube at copilotsreview.symbolcast.com. You know, you can find, you know, the term you can find our X at this link. Yeah. Really, uh, really just sounds like you're marketing revenge porn, honest to God. Yeah, I don't like it. It, it makes me feel bad. I don't like Elon Musk. Anyways, yeah. thanks for flying with us. And please, please fly again soon. Mm-hmm.